So my friends, in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ is a turning point, if you will. And it's a pretty important moment. And it's a moment that spiritually each one of us needs to go through sometime in our life. And a lot of times we need to go through it almost every day. Um, that this conversion, if you will, that Jesus looks around and he says, who do people say I am? Who are people saying that I am? And you know, in our world, people say a lot of different things about our Lord Jesus Christ. They say a lot of different things. There's a lot of different answers to the questions that people are willing to give. For some, Jesus is a social figure. It's all about social reform, and we're going to get behind the cause of Jesus' social reform. For some, it's just about um, being kind to each other. We're just going to be nice to each other. That's what Jesus taught us, right? Uh, for some, it's that he uh, was a prophet and a great moral teacher, um, but he's definitely not God. That's something that his church came up with later on. And again and again and again, people have different ways of seeing our Lord Jesus Christ. There are bumper stickers and memes and everything um, about our Lord. And we can hear a lot of that. We can hear it all over the place. But in a, at a certain point in our lives, and again, this can be something that almost we need to renew daily. Jesus looks each of us in the eye and he says... But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You per forget about the crowd. Because you know what? Other people could be saying, Yep, Jesus is Lord. He's God. That's great. And I'm just part of the team. But forget about the crowd even. You personally. Who do you say I am? Who am I for you? What do you say? It's not enough to talk about the crowd. You. Personally, I just, this morning, as I was in here praying with the readings before Mass, it was that moment, Jesus looks me in the eye. You, Michael Casey, who do you say that I am? Who am I? What's your answer to that going to be? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the right answer. But again, it's not an answer that can come from other people haven't told us that. I studied it in a book, right? I, lear I learned that answer in a book, Jesus. I know that. I know the right answer when you say, who do I say that I am? It has to be revealed from above. When, Mar when Matthew and Luke um, tell this story, they include that detail. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father, and so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Mark's gospel doesn't include it because, cool little fact, Mark was writing what Peter told him. Peter was the one telling the gospel to Mark, and Mark was the one writing it down. And so Peter wanted to take out that part that would overly glorify him. When Jesus says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed to my heavenly Father, you are Peter. On this rock I'll build my church. Peter excludes that from his own account, and we're left to Matthew and Luke to tell us about it. But again, our answer can't just be that flesh and blood or a book told me to say this. It has to be from grace has to be a grace response prompted by the Holy Spirit to confess that Jesus is the Christ, to confess that Jesus is Lord, and to do it in a real way takes grace. It takes grace to really make that confession of faith. Jesus is Lord. Yes, he is. And we each personally need to 
identify that. We each personally need to say that when he has personally asked us the question. It's not enough to just do it as part of the crowd. It has to be personal for us. But then, and that's only the first half of it, because then what happens? When Jesus is actually the Lord and we actually confess that, well, then we need to allow him to reveal to us what kind of God he is. We need to allow our Lord to teach us if he's actually God, then we follow him however he is. And what was Peter and the rest of the disciples, what were they expecting from the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord? They were expecting the glorious conqueror who would overthrow the Roman Empire in glory, who would win the battles, and who would give the people an earthly kingdom. So what does Jesus immediately say after this confession that you are the Christ? The Son of Man must be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, suffer greatly, be killed, and rise after three days. Whoa, hold on. That's not the God I thought I had. A God who's going to die? Wait, you're the Messiah and you're telling me that you're going to be killed? You're going to die? Our Lord reveals to us the type of God he is. Not the God who's going to give us worldly success. Again, when we confess that Jesus is the Christ, it can't be the prosperity gospel. Believe in Jesus, have an extra 20 bucks in your wallet. No. Rather, Jesus is the God who will die for my salvation. Jesus is the God who will die for me personally, who's going to suffer for me personally, who'll be crucified for me personally, and then he will shatter the power of death and sin. Jesus will break that power. He's the God who doesn't overthrow worldly torments. No, rather he overthrows the power of darkness, the evil one, Satan. Our Lord overthrows the devil for our salvation. That's the type of God he is. And then it gets even more. And so if we want to be his authentic followers, we need to have all kinds of worldly glory. We need to make a lot of money. We need to have beautiful churches. We need to have a lot of shiny stuff. No, if we want to be first his authentic followers, whoever wishes to come after me, be my disciple, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If we're authentically going to follow our Lord Jesus Christ, then we need to take up our cross in imitation of him. Whatever crosses there may be in our life, big or small. And you know what? In a particular time, because this is so much on everyone's minds, in particular time when our church is suffering so much, where there's so much scandal in the church, while it seems like there's so much failure, what happened to the glory we were supposed to have? Why are we marred by scandal and sin and failure? In the midst of this, this is how we will be the church. If we take up our cross, if we take up the cross after our Lord, the cross of suffering, the cross of bearing the shame of those in our midst who have sinned, the cross of the, of the weight of the sins committed by so many, we take up our cross 
we carry the cross with our Lord. Not to be the glorious, triumphant church that gets great press, that has always full pews and millions of dollars in the bank account and all of that, but to be the suffering church that carries the cross with our Lord Jesus Christ out of love for him. That's how we become his authentic disciples. And my friends, that all starts with that first question. When Jesus looks us in the eye and calls us by name and says, You, who do you say that I am? And if we have the grace to reply that Jesus is the Christ, then we follow him unreservedly, allowing him to die for our sins and our salvation and taking up our own crosses to follow him.